0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome to the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. We've got Lakers versus Thunder tonight. I wish I was a little bit more enthused about about that. I'm a little worried about what could happen in tonight's game, but we do have a lot to break down on today's show. Not just Lakers Thunder. We need to talk about the trade deadline a little bit. We need to talk about the injury front stuff going on with Cam Reddish. That's uh, pretty concerning right now. Uh, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell as a backcourt pairing. Seems like both guys are asking for that to happen. Should Darvin Ham allow that to be a thing in the Lakers starting lineup permanently? And we also need to dive into the mailbag. I am Trevor Lane and joining me today is Sean Davis. Sean, um, I don't know. I'm, I I am, (laughs) I don't know what to say about this matchup tonight. Like I like the thunder a lot. They were a team that me and everybody else in the world were predicting to make a big leap this season. And yet I'm nervous about what this could look like given the way the Lakers have been playing over the last few weeks. Um, how are you feeling about tonight's game
2: um nervous I guess but like I don't know man like I th- my confidence level I said this on the show the other night my confidence level in, in this team is at a pretty it's, it's pretty low so I th- there's very few things this team can do right now to like surprise me I'm not gonna lie or like disappoint me even further wait does something happen
1: I'm I'm yeah. Well, nothing happened. This can't be right. There's Uh, no way Speak, speak, I'm looking at the at the the odds. The Lakers are a point and a half favorite. Huh? Are the Thunder like caught in bad weather and and, like half their team isn't gonna make it there or something? Like is Shea Gilgis Alexander and Chet Holmgren like
2: And
3: Jamie Williams are they
1: are they out partying in LA like right now as we're recording this and somebody saw it or something? Yeah. Because that makes the... no, no sense that the Lakers are the point-and-a-half favorite against the Thunder right now.
2: Well, is like SGA's birthday or something and they partied hard in LA like Trevor just said?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it, Shea Gildris alexander is on the injury report, but I, I'm assuming he's going to play.
2: ESPN's betting odds are like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This my is well, this I is
1: like ESPN. Said. They've got the Lakers as a point and a half favorite.
2: Yeah, I'm shocked. That that's so weird.
1: I, yeah. I hope I'm very wrong about this and that. But I would have I I I thought for sure I was going to look and it was going to be like Thunder minus four and a half. Thunder minus you know just because they're on the road. Yeah. The Thunder are 27 and 11 right now. The Lakers are 19 and 21. LeBron's been dealing with an ankle injury he's right now questionable that's very surprising to see that to see that on there that 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 definitely made me stop and go wait something is is not right
2: here um that's why I was like wait a minute hold on did, did something did a trade happen <laughs> like
1: what <laughs> no I I wish we, we and we'll talk about that a little bit too
2: we got the 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 trade Dante front Murray. But,
1: but for this game specifically um the Thunder are very good they're a young team. They do a great job running up and down the up and down the floor. They're a quick team. They yep. can score from just about anywhere. Uh, they're great shooting the three. Shea Gilders Alexander is an absolute monster. He can be tough to deal with. Um, this is this is gonna be a very difficult game. Now, I thought the Lakers, what's here's what's getting me Sean about the Lakers right now is, and we're gonna talk about this about how we can fix the Lakers and everything, but in general, they've been. Better defensively than their off their offense has been consistently bad. Oh, in general. Right? That's that's been an issue. The other guys haven't been stepping up on a consistent basis. It's been LeBron and AD have been doing their thing. The other guys have not been stepping up. Um, and then we had the game against the Jazz, where it was all the all opposite, right? Their offense was fine, their defense was terrible, the other guys stepped up. Anthony Davis was bad. LeBron didn't play. It feels like the Lakers are finding ways, right? Like, oh, okay, hey, we get these things going, right? But then this this is going to go wrong, and it's still going to lead to a loss. You're playing whack-a-mole essentially um, with this this team right now. It's a comedy of errors, night in, night out, leading to losses. And so, looking at this game tonight, I don't. I'm not even sure where to focus in terms of what the Lakers need to improve upon. In order to give themselves a shot against the Thunder. Because based on the way they played last game, you would say, well, Anthony Davis has to be better. And the defense has to be better. But based on the way the team's played over the course of the season, those aren't the things that you would say have to improve. I mean, the defense recently hasn't been as good. But it was a weird game against Utah. And I don't know what that's going to mean for this team moving into the game against, uh, against the Thunder tonight.
2: Never would I think I would utter these words, but I'm slowly becoming less worried about the offense, and I'm really starting to get worried about the Lakers' defense. And that's something that we've rarely been able to say, um, in the you know, since, mm-hmm. especially since LeBron's been a Laker, but really since LeBron and AD have been a, a, a duo here in L.A. But over the past month, the Lakers' defense has just been a complete dumpster fire. And the best way I can describe it for you all is describing the lakers defense is like they don't trust anthony davis like that is the best way to describe yes. the lakers defense it's like 80 can be right at the rim ready to uh, defend the rim on like a, on, on a on a on a, a drive to the basket it will have like i don't know skylar mays the first guy that pops in my head skylar mays go over to leave the corner shooter Hey, I'm gonna. I'm six foot. Let me go help out AD at the room.
1: Makes no freaking sense. None, none whatsoever. It drives me crazy. We talked about it. The, the uh, they played Phoenix a few games ago. The first play of the game. That's exactly what they did, and it was LeBron who did it. It was LeBron who left the corner shooter. It was Grayson Allen. Like everybody does this. Austin has had some really bad examples of doing this, where like if if there's anybody in this league that you should trust to handle that wing or guard driving towards the rim. It's Anthony Davis out of everybody in the whole league. Like that's the guy you should trust. And the Lakers don't trust him for some reason. And that's part of why they've given up more open threes than any other team in the league. That's it's the best way to describe it's it. counterintuitive stuff. I, I just, it's,
2: it's crazy. Really the, it's really the best way to describe it, man. Um, so that I'm, I'm starting to get really worried about the defense um i'll be doing a full in-depth live film breakdown on playback playback.tv slash laker station on saturday where i have some data and we'll uh, break down the film together and stuff like that and talk about what maybe even the lakers defensive scheme should be because like it doesn't even make sense man like in theory right you have three perimeter defenders that can Mm -hmm. all provide something for you in different roles like i think vando is kind of the Revis Island. If I want to compare these guys like corners in the NFL, he's your Revis Island shut down dude. Not gonna give up a not. He's not gonna get a bunch of turnovers or, or force a bunch of turnovers. That's because you're not gonna go his way as much. And when you do go his way, just super super solid. Makes everything tough. Cam Reddish, kind of your he is your like pixie like just ballsy uh you know great ball skills type corner or whatever. Right? Think of. I don't know whoever the DeRon Bland dude the Cowboys guy um that got all those picks this year right turnover magnet has great ball pressure and then Max is your guy that honestly he's probably your best guard POA for like your smaller guards or your secondary playmaking guards great screen navigator really good off ball chaser but you have those three dudes and the best freaking defensive player on the planet Anthony Davis so in theory with, the, with a couple of good helpers like Christian Wood, Braun, Rui, those all players in the right roles can be utilized and, and could be good defensive players. We've seen good moments out of all three of them. That's, in theory, like you should have a really, really good defense. The Lakers have had a really, really good defense. But for the past month of the season, they've just completely fallen off on that end of the floor.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's bizarre especially because when we think back to this Lakers team from last season, which they were supposed to have continuity from their team from last season. Now you can argue Darvin Ham hasn't played pieces that would have continuity together on the floor, but that's maybe another conversation. Um, that was what they hung their hat on was defense. That, that was what got them through into the postseason was that they were an elite defense. And so seeing the defense unravel over the past month or so has been surprising and the offense, I think, has been, I guess maybe taking some steps, but still hasn't typically been, you know, been good enough. By the way, Shea Gilders Alexander is official. I just went and double checked, listed as questionable for tonight's game, um, with a, a knee issue. So that could be the explanation for that for that line there that we were looking at. Um, does he actually not play? I'd be surprised.
2: Yeah. It's I'd be league. surprised.
1: I'd be surprised. Yeah, it's the league. everybody is you know the Kevin Nash gif where he's in the wheelchair and the, with the cast on he stands. That's everybody. That's everybody when they, when they play when they play the Lakers. Players come back in order to play against the Lakers. Um, Sean, what's what's Darvin Ham's role in all of this? You know, as we by the way, our big topic here is can the Lakers fix this? What's Darvin Ham's role in, in this whole mess? Because I have a lot of people, a lot of people who if we don't come out and just say, this is all Darvin Ham's fault. I've been the one saying there's a lot of blame to go around. It's, some of it's on the players, some of it's on the coaching staff, on Darvin Ham, some of it we can put on roster construction. There's plenty of blame to go around all over the place. And I've got a lot of people who get frustrated with that and say, that's not putting Darvin Ham on blast enough. That it is all on Darvin Ham, that he is the problem here. So where do you see Darwin fitting into this? Because certainly, when we talk about the open threes, the Lakers are giving up. Well, that's a scheme issue that ultimately falls under the coaching staff. Uh, players have to execute on the floor, but in terms of the the blame pie, how much do you put on on Darwin and and the coaches?
2: I think there is a uh, a large, if not, I, I think there is a really good chunk of the of the pie going of the blame pie going to Darwin. I do want to say this though. Um, the like social media now makes you have to like pick one thing and yes, make it only one crazy. thing now. That that literally makes no sense. Very few, very rarely in sports in general, when something goes wrong, is it only one thing? Um, especially when we're talking about a team's record. I very, very rarely is that really the case. Um, But I do think a a decent chunk of it does go to Darwin. I'm going to repeat that so that we don't get accused of not blaming Darwin enough. I (laughs) do think a large chunk of it is Darwin's fault. But I will also say that there's, at least offensively, I think, again, it's kind of just flip-flops, man. Like When the offense really struggled, I think recently they've kind of like figured a little bit of it out. They've added more drop coverage beaters. Like they added a, a couple of great money sets that were there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest criticism of the staffs this season uh, has been like I don't think they do a good enough job of like stacking multiple actions on top of each other in in a given possession. While so it's you're saying still, like
1: the initial action breaks down, they just they just devolve into ISO.
2: Either that or like let's say like they're the the play is a ball screen. Okay, cool. That's the only action going on. And, again, mm-hmm. kind of what you're saying, like, it evolves into an ISO where it can be ball screen. You got a opposite side, 45 cut-ass that's happening. A lot you got of standing off the ball. From the ball side. Like, that is three yeah. different actions all in one play just coming off of your, you know, basic spread pick-and-roll set. So, um, but I think they have slowly got a little bit better at that, but that's the word. Like, I think, like it's happening a little too late. Like it's taken this staff a calendar year to figure out how to like neutralize teams, not guarding Jerry Vanderbilt. Like <laughs> we are just now arriving to that uh, conclusion, a, 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 almost a calendar year into Vanderbilt being on the team. Um, but I, I think from improper role utilization from some weird lineups, and that really was like the problem, the first like, eight or so games in this last, like, 17-game stretch since the in-season tournament. Some really clunky lineups. Poor offensive play calling that, like I said, they've kind of turned it around. And then just defensively. I don't know if they, like, just put all the resources into the offense recently, which still isn't a good idea because it's not like your offense is great. Um, We're just talking about marginal improvement here. Um, But I, I do think... Darvin does have some blame, and I think the scheme, like we said, is definitely something to to be you know upset about if you uh, with with Darvin Ham.
1: Certainly, improvements needed. Um, Darvin Ham, from all reports, is not going anywhere. So yeah. it won't be until the summer that perhaps this gets revisited. If it gets revisited, it's not going to happen until summer. The, the Lakers they have reportedly told Darvin Ham, "You're good." right? Uh, Jeannie Bus, Rob Palenka, we believe in you, all that kind of stuff. Um, if at this point, because we have the trade deadline coming up February, 8th, by the way, Sean, as of today, in fact, like 40 minutes before we started recording this, uh, Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves officially became trade eligible. So now everyone on the Lakers roster is trade eligible with the exception of Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt. So everybody else can can be moved. Not that they will be moved, but can be moved if the Lakers don't make significant changes at the trade deadline, are we at the point where that's because that would be considered punting the season? And yeah. I think that would at the same time, maybe answer the question that I've got up on the graphic right now. Can the Lakers fix this? If the answer is yes, that that would be punting the season. Then can the Lakers fix this? The answer has to be no. Um, as personally constructed, the Lakers can't fix this, but Uh, but what do you what do you think Uh, is this a they must make a move situation now
2: I think this is a must make a move situation this is the only reason why and I asked this question on the post post game show the other night Trevor can you list off the Laker the five best Laker players currently for me in your opinion I'm sure we're going to come up with the same list
1: sure uh, LeBron AD Austin D'Lo and I'm going to put in Rui
2: okay you cannot play that lineup together. You can't <laughs> like if for a long period of time you can't play that lineup because D'Lo and Austin defensively gets torched. And I know Ooh. D'Lo had that quote and
1: Rui's not going to make up
2: game for that. and Rui's not going to make up for that. I don't know why my camera went blurry, but um, like D'Lo and uh, and Austin are going to get torched defensively, even though like that lineup does a great job of. You know, like guarding, uh, not guarding, excuse me, of scoring, switching cameras, uh, and, you know, scoring in the half court or whatever, like 117 points per 100 possession in the half court last time I checked. They give up like 122. So that that pairing by itself isn't great. And then, like we said, Rui is it going to make up enough for that. Braun, you're asking Braun to defend more than he probably has to, especially this early into the season still and it's AD by himself, right? Like that line just can't play together. And I, you look at all these other teams, the top teams in the league, you look at ba- the green team, you look at OKC, <laughs> Minnesota, Denver, obviously, um, Dallas, even Philly, like all these teams, Miami, like all these teams <laughs> have a legitimate five-man lineup that works, and for the most part, contains their five best players because they all gel together. They all can play for the most part both ends of the floor without getting torched. And the Lakers can't do that right now.
1: Sean, that lineup: D'Lo, Austin, Rui, LeBron, Anthony Davis. No oh boy. According to Cleaning the Glass, they have played one possession together, oh. <laughs> one all season. Wow. Yeah. Sounds right. So, uh, so if that, so you're saying yes, they have to be, and I agree by the way, I think this team must make a trade. You know, we we came into the season hoping that the depth on this team would shine through, I think it has not done so often enough. I think the guys they paid over the offseason, when we talk about Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, to a man, none of them have quite lived up to expectations. You can argue, well, okay, maybe expectations were too high for certain guys and some guys dealt with injury. Rui has been in and out of the lineup. Jared Vanderbilt missed a huge chunk of the season. Gabe Vincent essentially hasn't existed um, this season for the Lakers. So that's that's part of it. But all of these guys have not quite lived up to expectations. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're right. There is some, some fit concerns here. I think not having Rui as... At the level you need him at, or as available as you need him. I don't think
2: him. it's his fault, though.
1: Oh no, no, no! I know. I agree. I agree. I'm. I'm saying, um, not having him. Perhaps I should say, not having him used the way that he should be, and not having him available health wise, and not having Gabe Vincent available at all has magnified the, the all or nothing, one side of the ball only guys, and it's created very little guys who need to be out there to to grease the wheel those guys aren't really there those buffers aren't really there and so you wind up with too many players that can only play one side of the basketball and that's created problems too um but ultimately i think all of this says they need to make a move they need to make probably multiple moves in order to to turn this around and i think it does hit at what, what you're saying here that your your five best guys you can't play them together and the gather guys that you plug in, that's not really working either. So that they've got to get something done, but they also have to be very careful and thread the needle here and find the right move. And that is where it's going to be difficult. But I think if they don't do something, unless this team suddenly turns it back on and we start seeing in-season tournament Lakers again between now and the trade deadline, which I'm not predicting is going to happen, but unless that happens, I think not making a move at the deadline sends a pretty strong message about what they see as their chances for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read off really, really quickly. This is the top five lineups that have Delo and Austin on the floor together that have played at least 50 possessions. I'm going to read off the deep, uh, the points per possession allowed. So defensively per 100 possessions, so I'm going to read them off the top five uh-huh. and uh so 132.7, that's the fifth lowest uh, out of the top five minutes-wise. 132.7, that lineup played 50 minutes together, or 50 possessions, excuse me. This Next is D'Lo up, and Austin lineups? D'Lo and Austin together on the floor. Okay. Next is 113.2, but that group is a plus zero four, 0.4 altogether. Next, this lineup has 75 possessions together, and this lineup with D'Lo and Austin, three other players, is giving me up 155.7 points per 100 possessions.
1: 155? Oh, my God. Like, that's... Like, they're not even <laughs> on the floor.
2: The, like that's, uh, like,
1: that, that's like saying that you're, you're... It sounds like you're playing five on three or something.
2: Yeah. The <laughs> uh, the next grouping, this group has played 106 possessions together, 126.6 point six point. Uh, points per hundred possessions, and then the top lineup, um, it, which has played two hundred and seventy-eight possessions together, is allowing one hundred thirteen point five. So, like that group just can't guard, <laughs> right? Now, D'Lo and Austin both were
1: pretty complimentary of each other after the yes, last they game. Which they're, they're buddies, right? They're, they're friends. Um, and they they were great. I, I talked about this going into the game against Utah that it felt like we hadn't seen a game where both Delo and Austin had it going offensively. Yeah, we got that against Utah. Unfortunately, Anthony Davis did not. And that sunk the Lakers. But Delo and Austin both had it going. I think they can have complimentary skill sets on the offensive end. But there's maybe a little bit too much interchangeability. And then defensively, as you're, you're illustrating here, that's where you get into a problem. It's the defensive side of the ball. But then that also begs the question, shouldn't you uh, the lineup that the Lakers went to in order to make up for their defensive shortcomings and take advantage of their offensive production was to put Jared Vanderbilt on the floor with them and LeBron and AD and use Vando as your designated defensive stopper why have we not just seen that lineup then
2: I think I think a large part of it like really was the injury for Vando I think I would imagine they kind of wanted to do that to start off the year. I think the Vando mm-hmm. injury did definitely like put a uh a wrench into some plans for this Lakers team. Um I don't know. And it's that's like nine honestly, possessions
1: together. Now they're a minus 8.3, but nine possessions is nine possessions. Nothing. I mean, they've been on the floor for like a minute or whatever, you know. A minute yeah. and a half or something, but um yeah. Can't really answer is, that one for you can like they're both asking for this they started together against utah obviously lebron was out and so that was part of it is i mean before the trade deadline before you make permanent decisions at the trade deadline do the lakers need to try this and just say look nothing else is working so why the hell not this worked for us last year let's let's go just let's give this a shot and just see what happens is that Like, I I was talking about that in relation to Christian Wood a few weeks ago. Jackson Hayes was the guy getting the minutes, and I was saying, hey, before the trade deadline, before you go and spend assets on another backup big, you need to go back and find out if Christian Wood's shooting is going to come back around and see what he's got. Jackson Hayes is not it. That I'm very confident in. Christian Wood, there may still be something there. You need to, at the very least, have that information before you make permanent decisions. Lo and behold, Christian Wood's been very good um, since then. And maybe that will help determine what they need to go find on the trade market. I think you need to do the same here with Austin and D'Lo. And while it doesn't project to be good defensively, you're getting crushed in games anyway right now. At least maybe if the players are asking for this, maybe there's something that's workable there, and and it's worth a shot. Because otherwise, what do you what are you going to? Like what? I guess that that's another thing. What should the Lakers' starting lineup be?
2: I'm afraid to speak
1: right I mean but but really like here we are we're halfway through now just about halfway through the season right and if you asked 10 people what the Lakers starting lineup should be you would get you a might different get answer yeah you might get five six seven different answers if you asked that to say a Denver Nuggets fan they're going to tell you exactly what the starting lineup is. If you asked a Celtics fan, they're going to tell you exactly.
2: Are, what the are they? Is. Yeah. What are they saying? <laughs> Let me know.
1: What, for for Denver?
2: No. I'm, oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Are you, you're saying if we ask Denver what their starting five is? What
1: their starting lineup okay, is. My because bad. My, yeah, bad not, my bad. And my, my point is the best teams in the NBA by now, and look, Denver was already established last year, but by now, yeah, Teams have settled into what their starting lineups are. Now, injuries will disrupt that, but if everybody's oh. healthy, this is our starting five.
2: And The Lakers
1: most- still don't know, and you know what's really troubling about that, Sean, is that was the case during Frank Vogel's last season with the Lakers. Yep. That's exactly like, the situation they were in.
2: Like, for example, this Philly lineup – which is freaking nuts, by the way. Tyrese Maxi, DeAnthony De Melton, Tobias Harris, Nicholas Batum, and Embiid is somehow a plus thirty three in almost five hundred possessions. Like that, that's insane. In five hundred possessions, in almost five in almost five hundred possessions, that grouping is like a plus thirty three point three.
1: The the Lakers the the, the uh, their starting lineup or their five man group that has the most possessions is 333 and that's D'Lo, reddish prince lebron ad that's the what has the most possessions the second most possessions is D'Lo, reeves so those two paired together prince lebron ad that lineup is actually a plus 2.3 net in 278 possessions um, and then after that, it's 200 possessions. Austin Reddish, Prince, LeBron AD. That lineup is a minus 9.9 per 100. And then guess what? Guess what? Guess what? The the lineup is that has a nice plus 14.3 points per 100 possessions in 161 possessions. It's D'Lo Max, Prince, LeBron AD.
3: You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Okay, wait. Am I back? My my connection just cut out.
3: <laughs> so you, so did
1: you not hear what I said? I was just giving credit to your guy, Max Christie.
2: Oh, you're talking about how the uh, Lakers' top lineup is D'Lo, Max, Torrey, and Braun AD. Yeah.
1: Yep. But but the point is that they they haven't had a group that they've locked into that they've just pushed all the minutes onto that has had the time to really develop that chemistry, that cohesiveness, or anything. And so that's I, – I think that's a problem at this point in the season. Um, I don't know if, if Austin D'Lo is the answer to fix this. Because that's that's where we started the season, and the Lakers moved away from that pretty quickly. If Torian Prince was better defensively, maybe it would be. And maybe that's where you just go to a Jared Vanderbilt. By the way, we should note, uh, Cam Reddish is probably going to miss a few games. So if you do want to put a defensive player on the floor with D'Lo and Austin, it kind of has to be Jared Vanderbilt at this point.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're going to see some bron- some of the starting five, whether it's the starting five or not. I think you're going to see some of that lineup um, throughout these next few games, especially if Cam Rush is going to miss. Um, I I think like, like Trevor was saying, it, it makes too much sense not to try to just just see. OK, cool. Like, let's see what worked last year. Let's go back to, to the drawing board. Let's circle back around one more time. All else fails. Okay, cool. We'll just make a trade after that But like, Let's see first one more time.
1: By all accounts, it sounded like that was going to be their starting line lineup to start the season. And then Jared Vanderbilt got hurt. Like that was Darvin Ham's plan yeah. was to start Reeves, D'Lo, Vando, LeBron, AD. Um, but speaking of reddish, uh, yeah, he's dealing with, uh, with knee effusion, which that's the term they also used for Gabe Vincent. But, um, and some his knee's been a bit banged up, has some swelling. and so he's going to be probably missing at least a few games. and I think this is this is a good thing because he's been bouncing in and out of the lineup, not playing back to backs like you know getting hurt mid game just just stay off the floor, heal up when you can get to hundred percent then then cam reddish can come back. So I think this is a good thing that cam's gonna be out for uh, at least a few games. get him back to where he can return and stay on the floor instead of what we've been seeing.
2: Yeah, I agree. Cam, get get healthy, man. I mean, I, I was told the other night that Cam's contract for some reason, like isn't a win like Cam is definitely out his contract. Oh, for um, sure. He's a minimum. He's a minimum. Exactly. But Cam, get healthy, man. Um, yeah, I like, really just get healthy. I mean, hope you get back soon. And yeah, I think Cam can help this team if we're uh, if we're healthy. All right, so
1: we'll see if the Lakers go with Austin and D'Lo in the backcourt tonight against the Thunder. LeBron James is questionable for tonight's game as well. If assuming though LeBron is a go, he was dealing with that ankle issue. Uh, Anthony Davis is probable, and Cam Reddish is not available. I think your options are you. I guess you either go with either D'Lo or Reeves, and then Prince and Vando or you go D'Lo Austin and then either Vando or Prince at the 3. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of feel like now's the time just to go ahead and give this a shot. Try it again. Go with Jared Vanderbilt with D'Lo and Reeves and see what happens.
2: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you.
1: Okay, let's open up the mailbag here. Again, tough game tonight for the Lakers against the Thunder. No Cam Reddish. We'll see. The Lakers can finally get things back on track. Boy, do they need to. They're now two games below 500. This slide has been absolutely brutal. Uh, But let's get into some of our questions and comments coming in here. Julian said, I really hope we let him go over the summer. I don't even think he's head coach material. Trades wouldn't even help, to be honest. You You have someone who can't coach. Wasting LeBron's last good years. Frustrating. Do you agree with that? Like a trade doesn't change anything because Darvin will Darwin is going to foil whatever improvements you could possibly like, uh, Sean, do you, do, do you, are you familiar with the, the old TV show Gilligan's Island? I am not. Okay. Basic <laughs> premise. Basic premise is there are these seven people who wind up stranded on an island after taking a small cruise from Hawaii. They wind up stranded on island and they're constantly trying to get off this island and it's a comedy it's not like survivor style or something like that but it's a oh. comedy and one of the characters the the first mate of the ship his name's gilligan and he's constantly screwing up and constantly getting in the way of all of them uh and preventing them ultimately from leaving the island by the way there's an interesting old theory about this show and i don't want to get into a gilligan's island tangent I did not yeah, expect say, to be discussing
2: like, this. Is this a new rock stars like theory breakdown or something? No, no, no.
1: Maybe. Well, maybe that is what I need to do here. But there's an old like theory, and I remember actually uh, talking about this like when I was in high school. So it's been uh, been around for a long Jeez. time, right? <laughs> like way back in the day. Um, that actually the the castaways were not on an island at all. That they were actually in hell that each one of them represented one of the seven deadly sins and that Gilligan was the devil and that was why he was constantly preventing them from leaving the island. Anyway, it was it was fascinating. But in this scenario, Gilligan is constantly stopping them. Not necessarily because he's trying to, but he's stopping them from getting to where they want to go. Is Darvin Ham Gilligan? Like, I think he is... I think he's a good guy. I think he wants this team to win. But is he inadvertently stopping them from from being better than they are right now?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I will say that I don't. I don't think. I don't agree with the notion that a trade wouldn't help at all. I, I I don't like. For example, you're telling me like if you swap out D'Angelo Russell with like Zach Levine, that the Lakers aren't going to get better. Like right. even if it's marginally and,
1: right, so, and we just saw it work la- last year. They've made a trade, and it made them significantly better.
2: Darvin's the same dude. Yeah, like same coach. So I don't know. I don't always agree. I, I get, the, I get the 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 sentiment here, but I don't, um, I don't agree with that personally.
1: I, I think that uh I think Darvin has his pluses and minuses, but I don't know if I can say he just period can't coach um, jared said darvin looks completely clueless on the bench you can see it in his face i'd rather have hired a coach who is a master at x's and o's and a motivator as an assistant coach
2: i will say this i think i i i, I missed on darvin as a uh, x's and o's coach i think i missed a little bit like will hardy definitely the better x's and o's guy I didn't think Darvish was a bad dude in terms of that. I mean, either when he was, you know, the lead assistant at for for Milwaukee under Coach Bud, but um, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, Lakers run good stuff. They've they've had games and series even where they've game planned their butts off, mm-hmm. but like it's just not consistent. And, and and I mean, the saying is you take on the identity of your head coach, and it feels like this Lakers team is also not that con- like consistent at anything either which is something I could probably describe the coaching staff with, is they're not very consistent with very many things. So, um, yeah, frustrating for sure.
1: Uh, Urban Royalty said this season gave the same results for seasons. I don't know if he means the system that Darvin's using, a.k.a. the Bucks system from Coach Budenholzer. I'm not really sure what that's fully in in reference to.
2: Defensively, Maybe. Maybe. same super chat there. Uh, she had the yeah. same super chat like three times.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I somehow wound up, Oh, the one I just copied it twice. But he sent the same message twice. I'm not sure exactly what he was referring to there. Uh, Avi B said, uh, Jaime Hawkes will haunt us. JHS was a reach. Eh. JHS still is, he's not playing right now. I mean, Skylar Mays is getting minutes and people get front every time. Now it's, <laughs> See, it was everybody was frustrated every time that that Jaime Hawkins did something. Or, you know, to a lesser degree, uh, Brandon Podzimski. Or, you know, if for a while there was Cam Whitmore if he did something in Summer League. Now it's if Skylar Mays does something, people are like, CJHS is terrible. I don't know, I, I feel for I hope he's not just a total bust. So far it hasn't been good. But I... I He's a young player. I just can't be totally out on a guy already.
2: Uh, I, I'm just going to disagree with the reach part. I mean, I did I did not have him as a lottery prospect. I did have him in that like range of where the Lakers took him at. Um, yeah. So I won't call it a reach. I mean, can you disagree with the pick considering who was on the board? Sure. But I don't think it was a reach.
1: He was not the guy I wanted the Lakers to draft. I remember when we were doing our analysis. Um, he was not a guy I was hoping that they would they would pick. Um, but I'm not a draft expert either. And so I just trusted, hey, the Lakers, they've done a nice job with their draft picks for a while now. Um, and again, it's not out of the question for this to still work out for them, but it hasn't been good so far. Uh Re, if you had Zach, you win this game without LeBron. Yeah. If if you swapped out, well, I mean, what's it called? Co- to get Zach, you have to take, but Delo went for 39. If you have sure. Zach Levine, D'Lo is not on this roster. Rui Hanchimura is not on this roster. That's just math. So I don't know for sure if you could say that. Like, yes, if you were just adding Zach Levine to this roster, but you have to remember to get Zach Levine, you've got to take, I mean, even if even if the Bulls just say, we don't want any picks, just please get this guy off our roster. It's probably D'Lo, Rui, and Gabe Vincent. So I don't know yeah. if you have Zach Levine if you win that game, knowing that D'Lo, what D'Lo did. And I don't see Zach Levine outperforming both D'Lo and Rui in that specific game.
2: You You win if Anthony Davis doesn't score 13 points. Like, you win yeah. if that doesn't happen.
1: If you get... Average Anthony Davis, you win that game. Uh, The Darkness, who we are becoming very familiar with, said, you know, hello, Darkness, my old friend. Uh, If this team doesn't make any moves and misses the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron opts out and AD requests a trade.
2: Uh, I don't think AD requests a trade. I think Bron could opt out, sure, but I don't think AD requests a trade necessarily. And
1: let's, if the username here, the darkness, is correct, let's say we do go down that dark path. That's exactly why it was so important to sign Anthony Davis to that contract extension. Because guess what? Now, that's not what the Lakers want to do, obviously. But if that's the world we wind up living in, then Anthony Davis, you use him to recoup draft capital, young players, things like that, to jumpstart your next roster build. That's what that that's all about now. And again, I don't, that's not what the Lakers want to do. That's not the path they want to go down or anything. But but that's even in the worst case scenario. LeBron says, Oh, Bronny got drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. I'm gonna go sign with the Hornets, whatever. And, and LeBron leaves. And then AD says, Hey, I'm not doing this without LeBron. Trade me. Okay, now, now you're at least gonna get some capital. You can restart the next iteration of, of this Lakers team. Uh, but again, that's not what the Lakers want to do, obviously. Kobe Montana said another wasted season in the LeBron and AD era. Maybe. It feels like there have been a lot of wasted games. It feels like we've said a bunch of times, oh, man, AD had a great night. Too bad the Lakers wasted it. LeBron had a great night. Too bad the Lakers wasted it. In this last game, it was D'Lo had a great night. The Lakers wasted it. There's been a lot of that this season, hasn't there?
2: Yeah. Man.
1: Alton said, if the roster we have now can't win, why were we winning before? It's a fair question. Why did they look so good in the in-season tournament and now look so terrible just a little over a month later?
2: Again, like that Lakers team, I'm saying that like it was a couple years ago when it was like really like a month ago, literally, Um, like that team could guard. Like, that team was a good defensive team. And, like, that's what this this iteration of the Lakers have been over the past five years. They've been at their best when they can really, like, sit down and play defense. And over the past month, they have not been able to do that at all. It seems like all the Lakers' defensive capabilities have just flown out of the window Mm -hmm. since that December 9th in-season tournament final game against the Indiana Pacers. So, they are somehow able to, like, refine their footing and and refine the defensive capabilities um maybe we'll start seeing some positive stuff from this team but yeah like that that is a really really great question
1: all right g rock said nothing fixes us this season it's a blown year i mean i i was getting very similar comments last season at this time so i think history tells us and look it's it's not good right now there's no sugarcoating that but we just had an example of how a season that looks like it's going down the drain that can be turned around. BK said Austin Reeves is overvalued trade him before everyone realizes his skills never get the better of anyone. So teams are okay. Living with him. Trying upside is not very high.
2: Uh, I, I can't get behind that. Like I, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that.
1: I think people are very frustrated right now in general, and so they're gonna be frustrated with with everything, including Austin, every player. Um, has Austin lived up to expectations compared to where they were? Probably not, no. Right? And he had that slow start coming off the uh, off his time with Team USA, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that he's not a valuable player, that doesn't mean he's not worth his contract, that doesn't mean he's not a guy that can help you win basketball games. I think he certainly is um, overvalued. I think if that's the case that a lot of teams around the league are making a big mistake because he's the guy everybody's asking for. He's every team when they, if they talk to the Lakers, they're saying, what about Austin? What can we, can we get Austin and the Lakers don't want to trade him for, for a reason. He's a very yeah. talented player on a, on a great contract uh, that can, that can help you win basketball games. Now, is he taking over games? Is he take like we saw in the fourth quarter against Memphis in the playoffs, is he taking over games like that? Not really. Not getting to the free throw line quite as much. Shot hasn't been as dependable. And so everything has kind of taken a little bit of a step back from where he was, say, playoffs this past year, maybe even a little bit before that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Austin is some like damaged goods or something or a lemon and and quick trade him before everybody realizes no he's still a very very good basketball player it's possible the expectations were just a little too high
2: yeah um i think the expectations were potential all-star i heard that a lot and yeah maybe we maybe we did set the bar you know really high for austin heading into the year
1: mr moody said ad tonight 15 points 15 rebounds a lot of assists four blocks and a steal is damn near any other player's dream stats had an <laughs> off night scoring, and fans say he's trash crazy. That's I will a, say,
2: like, a fair point. I didn't really go in on AD last night. Reason being, one, like, it sucks that you had a bad game or whatever, bad game in air quotes or whatever, right? Um, but like, I'm you're allowed technically to have a bad game, right? And I True. will take the bad game he shot five for 21 it just felt like he couldn't hit anything I will take that over the five for 10 like kind of not being aggressive Anthony Davis at times that we that we will see I will take what we saw last night from AD and he still stuffed the stat sheet and was really really impactful in other areas dominant on the boards still had his presence at the rim per usual and then was a big time playmaker for you last night so um like I don't it sucks that AD didn't score and, and he did miss some some pretty point blank shots that he's yeah, he more did. noticeably like he's gonna make those, but like it sucks. But I'm not going in on ad a ton, like he's if it happens like a few games in a row, okay, cool. A D, get your crap together. But like one game, bad night, and we'll leave it at that for now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that's what it is, I think, with Anthony Davis. He's been great for the bulk of the season, so I'm not gonna it. It's frustrating in that if he has an average night, the Lakers win that game pretty easily. Uh, they it they sucks. cruise in that one, and that and that's fr- and that's frustrating given the context. How badly this team needs to start winning games again. That's frustrating, but yeah, I can't blame AD too much. I could be surfing. Oh, it said who's your league MVP so far this season? That's a good question. Is it?
2: I think it's SGA.
1: I was going to say, is it crazy to say the guy the Lakers might see tonight? Shane Gilders-Alexander, the Thunder, are sitting in the two-seed right now. Um, I think it's yeah. SGA. I think it might be. They have the second-best point differential in the NBA, the Thunder do.
2: Who's first? And SGA's
1: been, uh, first is, is, yeah, is Boston. Uh, they're the at Green plus 9.8. But... If it's not him, I mean, like
2: I don't think it's Luke, Tatum.
1: What about Luca? But they're the seventh seed, right? And that's they're that's the problem. Seed. That's where do you separate the team's record? Not that the, the, the team's record is bad. They're twenty three and seventeen right now. The Mavs are. So, yeah. But do you separate the team's record from the player? I think Luka's another guy who who probably should be up there. And then maybe it's boring because we've
2: Jokic, Jimmy, Yeah, Jokic, Giannis. right? I mean the same. That's why I think it's going to be SGA. As long as they like maintain grounding, like voter fatigue does exist. And for sure. literally for the past three years, it's been a, a recycling of, okay, cool. The MVP finalists are Giannis and Jokic. I think vote fatigue is a real thing. And I think they'll be like, oh, okay, we'll give it to the up and comings, Thunder, two seed in the Western Conference, best point differential, second best point differential, whatever. Um, He's one of the few guards in the NBA right now. Where I'm like, I don't know how you guard, dude. Like, (laughs) yeah. Especially with his
1: ability to to draw fouls. What? It's tough to guard him.
2: Good playmaker too. Oh man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know Embiid might be eliminated soon from the MVP conversation. Where is due to games played? He's getting close. Because he has to hit the sixty-five game mark. Now, however, it's a little bit fun because the NBA has like these exceptions for certain for certain injuries and things like that. But he is he is getting close to potentially uh getting eliminated due to the games played situation.
2: Yeah, he's already missed 13 games, I want to say. Yeah, that's or is it no, it's eleven. He's missed eleven games. 10, so that sorry. already means the most he can play
1: is seventy-one. And 65 is what you have to hit. And that that and yeah. that's if he'll hit 71 if he doesn't miss any other games. Yeah. Which is probably not super likely. Uh Jason said this hurts like last year, but in a polar opposite type of right. way. I'm anticipating big moves on the way. Is there a move that you
2: haven't discussed yet that would be a big splash? Um I, I'll just say this. As as much as I think. DeJounte is probably the most likely thing to happen. I think I'm starting to get to the point where I think there's almost too much smoke with the, with the DeJounte and Zach Levine thing to where I think a trade's going to happen, but it's going to be some out of left field. Like, nobody saw D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt coming our way. Like, nobody's predicted that. Mm-hmm. Nobody predicted Gabe Vincent being a Laker, and free agency like I, I like. That's one of the few moves all offseason for any team that I looked on my phone. I was like, "Oh my god, he did what?" Right? Like, it was that, and it was Bruce Brown. Like that, really shocked me. Us getting Gabe Vincent, so like, there's almost too much smoke. And recently, especially since Rob Plink has been the full time uh, decision maker. Like a lot of these moves have not been the ones that you've heard about a thousand times in the media it's the more sneak up on you you might hear their name once oh crap they did what now like I'm starting to think there's too much smoke about uh, DeJounte and Zach Levine to the point where I'm like screw it just wake me up when there's a new team that's where I'm at
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check
1: That's that. I think that we're gonna get at man, least we could one, get that like, surprise, that surprise, and those those are fun ones, right? Yeah. Where it's Where it's the out of the blue. Whoa! They did what? Well, Mostly. they're fun when it's they're fun when it's not like
2: Russell boy, Westbrook.
1: They're, they're paying Timofey Mozgov. What? You know? Th- yeah. Those types of surprises are not so fun, but when you get the kind of the out of the blue. Wait a second! They're getting these guys. That's those are are, are the fun ones. So.
2: Wait a minute. They got Rui for
1: Kendrick, not. <laughs> I think I think it's important though that we that when we're getting all of these, all the rumors coming out, yeah, it's getting a sense of what is it, what direction are they trying to go in, what are they trying to accomplish here? Um, clearly we've heard speed and quickness on the perimeter, and that makes sense from a, a Dejounte Murray front. We've also heard they don't really want Zach Levine. So as much as we talk about Zach Levine, sounds like the Lakers aren't that interested. Sounds like a lot of teams. Every team actually is not that interested in Zach Levine. So we can kind of, that, that informs us a little bit to what it is that they're trying to do, which type of player they're really gunning for. And that'll give us a sense of kind of which direction things are, are going to go here moving forward. So it's important in that sense. But yeah, sometimes the real fun ones are the ones that come from, from out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Ryan says Cam's got to sit out a couple of games. Well, that is going to happen. Nagging injury keeps him out of the second half of games and playing every other game. Cost me money on prize picks. Well, sorry about that, uh, Ryan. But uh, but yes, uh, Cam is going to be out for a few games now. Last one here. I could be surfing said three-point shooters who can't make shots in L.A. are worthless. We need dogs, guys with chips on their shoulders. Mamba mentality.
2: Great way to end it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you need you need guys who are going to come in and take this with challenge knee, on,
2: with some knee biting, uh, knee, knee cap biting, you know, mentality. <laughs> Shout out to the Lions win their first playoff game in like thirty years. But yes, uh, yeah,
1: the we, late pi, yep, yeah, <laughs> that was missed. But that that happens all the time. I was Sean. I'll tell you, I don't want to talk a ton of football or anything, but as I knew we were going to get a fun game when it was Lions Rams but I was also disappointed that it was Lions-Rams because it meant one of those teams was going to go home. And I was hoping I wanted... I, I wanted to see both those teams continue playing.
2: If that was like an NF somehow, an NFC championship game, oh my God, that would have been right? so awesome.
1: That would have been nice. but That would be fun. But anyway, back to, to basketball. I do think they, they do need guys with chips on their shoulders. They do need guys with something to prove. There's something to that. The problem is it's hard to predict who's going to shoot great from three and who's not like Lonnie Walker actually shot well from three last season for the Lakers. Malik Beasley did not suddenly Malik Beasley is like the best three-point shooter in the league, league. right? Um, So uh, like, how can you go get any particularly three-point shooter and have any confidence that they are or aren't going to shoot well from deep? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Who's going to be that shooter who can't make shots, and who's going to be the guy that has a chip on his shoulder? Because you do need you do need three point shooters. They take less threes than anybody in the NBA, and it's hard to win in today's NBA like that. The Lakers need guys who can hit threes, but it's really tough to know who is going to fall victim to the Lakers curse and who is going to be able to to overcome it.
2: Oh man, just win. Losing stinks. Just it's win.
1: And when all else fails, bring your laptop into the presser to show off,
2: <laughs> Mike Brown. It's, it's got me. Thinking. That
1: that has me thinking.
2: What a dude! Darko
1: Ryakovich started a trend, didn't he? Yeah, because Darwin said some stuff after the loss to the Jazz. He was very measured, very careful with everything that he said, but said, "You know, hey, thirty-nine free throws for Utah, and we felt like they were just kind of running into us and getting whistles." Um, he was obviously frustrated. He didn't call out the officials the same way Ryakovich did, the same way Mike Brown did. But look at what's happened to the Lakers in terms of the whistles in the two games since Ryakovich's rant. Maybe there was some action there that took place. And Mike Brown saw that and is now saying, hey, I'm going to do the same thing. Like, who's the next coach that's going to go off on the officials?
2: I think number one on the betting odds list needs to be Steve Kerr. Feels like I mean, if, if you
1: know it's a $25,000 fine, a lot of organizations will be like, 25 grand. Here you go. <laughs> Got that covered.
2: Take it. Yeah. Feels so like Steve Kerr is Steve always Kerr. the guy having these uh, elaborate rants post game.
1: And he does have Draymond coming back.
2: Jason Kidd, maybe. That's another one that I think like. Sure. I could see just going off.
1: Could you ever see Darvin doing it?
2: No. And maybe that's part of the problem, but like, I, 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 I don't. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we've got Lakers thunder tonight, seven 30 Pacific time tip. We will be live on playback for it. Playback.tv slash Lakers nation, or you can uh, follow the play by play on the Lakers nation, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers nation. Make sure you are subscribing to the channel. We're going to do everything we can to keep you up to date on all of the latest trade news and rumors. Check out the NBA front office show as well where Keith Smith and I keep you informed for the entire NBA. We've got a ton of trade stuff to talk about on uh, Monday's show. Uh, Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everybody. We've got a lot of games on uh, that are going to be on today, for those who were recording this the night before, of course. But a lot of games on to follow. a lot going on. So uh, so hopefully you are able to take in as much NBA action today as you can. Sean, thanks for, for jumping on here, man. I appreciate it.
2: No problem, Trev. Always happy to talk about the Lakers, even though the Lakers don't like to see us happy.
1: No, apparently not. Apparently not. Well, let's see if they can get a win tonight against OKC, OKC. That would make me feel a little bit better. Until next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early